This is People Every Day. Coming up, Lady Gaga's dog walker takes to GoFundMe to finance a healing journey across America. Barbara Streisand on what she really thought of the Star is Born reboot. And Khloe Kardashian hits back at commenters who criticized her relationship with Tristan Thompson. It's August 17th. Hi, everyone. This is People Every Day. I'm Charlotte Triggs, in for Janine, who's in the midst of her big cross-country move right now. I had a lot of fun guest hosting yesterday, and I know I have at least one fan. My six-year-old daughter, Tatiana, told me she's launching her own podcast now. Hers is called Kids Every Day. Today's top story, what is everybody going to be for Halloween? <laughs> in our house, it looks like she and her two little sisters are all going as Wonder Woman. We have a lot to get into today. Lady Gaga's dog walker is taking to GoFundMe, saying he's run out of the money he needs for a healing road trip after being shot three times earlier this year when gunmen stole the singer's French bulldogs. And CNN anchor Chris Cuomo admits he can't be impartial when it comes to his brother, outgoing New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who's embroiled in a sexual harassment scandal. Joining me now is People.com politics editor Adam Carlson, who's just back from the Tokyo Olympics. Adam, how's it going? Hi, thank you, Charlotte, for having me on. Well, thanks for being here. Okay, so some outlets were reporting that Lady Gaga's dog walker, Ryan Fisher, was raising money because he's homeless, but that's not exactly it, right? No, so he he put out this GoFundMe, and what we know is that he is on a journey of the self, right, in his words. And I'm using these kind of like metaphorical words because this is how he talks, right? He's he's recovered physically from that really frightening um, dog napping incident where he was shot. He was in the hospital. These were really serious injuries. He's recovered physically, he said, but now he wants to heal from trauma. Um, And trauma is his word. So he put out this GoFundMe because he's had some hard times. He's in the middle of his six-month sabbatical, and he'd like support from from his loved ones, from the community, to help him finish this journey. So, okay, I saw that he's aiming to raise $40,000, and it's in large part to replace his van, which has broken down. Yeah, so he's kind of going all over the country. You know, he's talked about being in desert campsites and Walmart parking lots, seeing his friends and family in New York. And this is someone who was in the LA area, right? So he's really crisscrossed the country. Um, his his beloved kind of 1991 Ford vehicle, um, I, I forget the, the make and model, but... Not a Ford uh, Bronco, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, his Ford Falcon um, okay. that he named Trudy. Um, his his beloved Trudy had died on him. So then he's asking people support for a vehicle and for other travel costs. And he said that he's hoping to find um, communities that support and help nurture him as he continues to recover. Do we know if Lady Gaga has helped him out financially? That's obviously the very natural next question that a lot of people have is like, has she, what has she done here? And what's their relationship like? Yeah, so we haven't gotten the latest intel yet on that. But of course, she's spoken out before. She praised him as a hero for defending their family. You know, we know right in those immediate days after the um, the shooting and the dog napping that she was shooting a movie in Italy. So she couldn't be there in person, but she was really shaken up. And then obviously shared a lot of words of comfort and support for him as he recovered. Um, so it's it's the natural assumption. Um, and I, I can't imagine with with someone of her profile that if she were to make a donation that we wouldn't hear about it. So speaking of Lady Gaga, there's another story making headlines today. Barbara Streisand says she was not into the Lady Gaga Bradley Cooper remake of her own iconic movie, A Star is Born. She says that she wanted it to be Beyonce and Will Smith saying, quote, I don't care so much about success as I do originality. 
that's a little bit different than what we'd heard. I thought she was a fan of the movie. I thought that that's what we understood to be. Yeah, I mean, that's what she said before. Um, you know, people's <laughs> opinions certainly can change. But back when, the you know, much earlier in the movie's life cycle, she praised Bradley Cooper, not just for acting, but for directing. This is his big breakout as a filmmaker. She praised Gaga. Obviously, you know, the movie's been made and remade now four times in nearly a century. Barbara was like probably most closely associated with it. And she gave her blessing. I guess it sounds like maybe she wants to take a little bit of that of that blessing back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so Lady Gaga won an Oscar for this. And it was a huge blockbuster. It made more than like $400 million, which for like an arty film like this, I think you can count that as quite a huge success. I mean, I guess it just, it must hurt a little bit that the person who originated the role is not so into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and Barbara said this, like, she's like, I can't question success. I, I take a little issue with originality. You might poke a little fun at the concept of originality when you're discussing a, a, a property like this that has been made and remade. And Judy Garland played the role before Barbara Streisand took it over. So a lot of really famous, right. talented women have, have done versions of this movie, not just Barbara. And I love Barbara. Please don't come for me, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, she said that that's kind of her issue. She felt like like uh, Bradley Cooper's version was too much like her own. So whatever did happen to the Beyonce version? Because I do remember the trades reporting that it was going to be Beyonce. Yeah. So this is actually a delightful uh, little rabbit hole for me to go down. Um, <laughs> so, right. So in like 2011, 2012, the news breaks in the trades. Clint Eastwood's going to revive the movie with Beyonce. They never said who the man was going to be. But then there were scheduling issues. Over the next several months, Beyonce got pregnant with Blue Ivy, and then she couldn't end up locking in the time to do it. Um, although it's funny, I was going back through all the trade reports, and the last one about her leaving the production said the next man that they were circling to join was Bradley Cooper, who we know joined and then took over the whole thing. So so here we are. Too bad. It could have been interesting. But you want to know what? They could still do it, right? They've done it already four times. What's a fifth? I know, although, you know, the fifth one, will, it'll be like on TikTok or something with, which I would love <laughs> to see Tati Westbrook and James Charles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. The next story is something I feel like we've been waiting for. Chris Cuomo is addressing his decision not to speak out about the sexual harassment accusations against his brother, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, as well as his brother's subsequent resignation. I've been wondering what he's been thinking all this time. So what did he have to say? So he kind of slipped it in at the end of his his show. And he said, like, look, this is kind of the last time I'm going to be talking about this. It's my family, right? So what I have to say is basically, like, he's my family, family first. I can't ever be impartial about this. That's why I've hesitated so much in speaking out about it. I'm not an advisor. I'm a brother. I wasn't in control of anything. I was there to listen and offer my take. And my advice to my brother was simple and consistent. Own what you did. Tell people what you'll do to be better be contrite. He vaguely kind of said there'd been a lot of, you know, reports and gossip about him and his relationship with his brother and the scandal that weren't founded in his words, which is a, a really subtle way of saying, like, he'd gotten some criticism because it's not just that Chris Cuomo hasn't covered his brother on his new show, which is a very understandable conflict. It's that there had been reports later confirmed that Chris has been giving advice to his brother. Adam, can you actually remind our listeners what it is that Governor Cuomo's 
accused of here in the first place. Yeah, so he is resigning because an independent investigation by the state's attorney general found that he had sexually harassed 11 women, including employees of the state of New York, and that his office fostered this kind of toxic, hostile work environment, including one instance where they said there was unlawful retaliation against one of the women. Um, And it's a really, really damning report. It's the kind of final chapter in this entire saga stretching back many months, more and more women coming out, speaking out about his behavior. Um, and then uh, once the the report came out corroborating these women, essentially, um, it, it was the position's untenable, right? So he announced that he was resigning. So, okay. Now, back to Chris Cuomo and his involvement here. I mean, does he kind of admit to advising him? How does he, he's a little nuanced with it, right? Like, what does he say about that? Is it a conflict of interest or is it like reasonable that a brother would, you know, stick by his brother? Yeah, I mean, I think it can be many things to many people. I don't think that anyone who came into that situation with an opinion is going to have it changed after his statement. It is such a specific scenario. I can't think of any other time a famous news anchor has had a sibling who is also a controversial politician in the middle of a scandal. You know, he said, I'm not an advisor to my brother. But then later he said, I have given my brother advice, which, you know, the actual definition of advisor is someone who gives advice. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he said he'd never... Um, he'd never been a part of any kind of um, smear campaign against the women. You know, he said he'd always told his brother to be contrite um, as the scandal unfolded, which is something that is uh, corroborated in the um, independent investigation report as well. It's also such an interesting reversal from where we were a year ago. I mean, like the fact of the matter is he had his brother on the show quite a lot during the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, he was on CNN often. We covered a lot of those exchanges. It was something a lot of people paid attention to. They were really interested in. Um, Chris and CNN said, look, this is an exception we made during the pandemic. It was in the public's interest. But um, certainly critics have noted that once it became messier, everyone kind of washed their hands of it and said, no more. Yeah. Okay. Over to another famous family. So Khloe Kardashian is hitting back at commenters who have accused her of having no self-worth over her relationship with Tristan Thompson. I mean, that's definitely pretty harsh. Can you set the table here for us? Like, what is the deal with them? There's a lot of reports that they're reconciled. I mean, it's a roller coaster, a kind of dizzying roller coaster up and down and up and down. Right now, we know that they're not together. Chloe's happy being single. Certainly, it's been off and on since 2016. I mean, I think if you started Googling it, it would be a lot of stuff to catch you up on. (laughs) Um, But they're not together right now. They're focused on co-parenting their daughter. Chloe's happy being single. Um, There's some thought that Tristan might want to get back together with her. But, you know, that remains that remains to be seen. Um, Chloe loves to do this. Like she's going to defend herself on social media and Mm -hmm. um, she's going to get in and to the comments and respond. Um, And that's what she did with this latest tweet. She was like, why are you coming after me making a whole sweeping assessment of my character and how I live my life and make my very serious relationship decisions based on some report somewhere that she's essentially saying is is not true. They obviously have a lot in common. Um, They have a child. But yeah, she said like, look, no, this is my life. Leave me alone. I'm going to live it the way I want to live it. Next up, I sit down with People Crime reporter Casey Baker to break down the case of the missing Colorado mom, Suzanne Morphew. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. 
Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. chilling new details emerging in the case of Suzanne Morphew. Now she's the Colorado mom that went missing after going for a bike ride on Mother's Day of last year. And there's currently a preliminary hearing to determine whether her husband, Barry Morphew, will stand trial for her murder. Joining me now is People Crime reporter Casey Baker, who's been following the case for the last year. Casey, tell me what do we know about this case and why has this captivated people so much? This family looks like the perfect family. They are all super good looking. He is handsome. They lived in a 3,400 square foot house in Salida, Colorado. And again, just looked like they had it all. What do we know about how she actually went missing? I mean, she was supposedly going for a bike ride on Mother's Day, right? Right. So what happened there is that on Mother's Day 2020, there are two grown daughters were camping. So they weren't home and Barry had a job. So she's alone on Mother's Day and her bike is found along a road near their house, just the bike. Her helmet was found eight miles away, but no blood at the house, no blood on the bike, helmet. So they immediately started searching Barry's house He let investigators in, and she remains missing to this day. Nobody knows where she is. So, okay, we're hearing all kinds of troubling details emerging from the initial court testimony, allegations that maybe there was an affair, financial troubles. What is the prosecution's case? What do they basically think happened here? The prosecution is finally unveiling new details about the case, things we have never heard before to figure out whether he should go to trial or not. It looks like they have enough to move this to trial. But for the first time ever, starting in July and then last week, the prosecution told us things like investigators found a tranquilizer dart cap in the dryer and that Barry had four darts in a package and one of them was missing. What's the deal with the affair? There's allegedly somebody was having an affair. Was that on her end? Was that on his end? One of the most shocking things that came out about um, Suzanne is that she had actually been having an affair for the past two years. Oh, that's a long-term affair. Whoa. Yes, with a guy she knew from high school. He is a married dad from Michigan with six kids. And as far as we know, Barry may not have known about this until potentially the day before she went missing. But we we do not know that. Okay. Prosecutors also mentioned that the family might have been having financial troubles. What do we know about that? A lot of their money came from an inheritance of hers. And they had used some of this money to buy this $1.75 million house or whatever it cost. Hmm. And that, of course, upon divorcing, she would probably take that money and other money that she either had or had coming to her. Now, one of the things the defense brought up in this preliminary hearing was that allegedly there was $70,000 of cash in a safe in their garage that is missing. 
And so like the Fotis Dulos, Jennifer Dulos missing mom case, that lawyer said it was a gone girl situation. This strikes me like gone girl. Some of these themes, right? Like the, it's her money, not his money. Yes. Oh my God. So many gone girl parallels. So, okay. One of the details that came up in court testimony is that police believe that he was chasing her around the home. Yes. So one of the most explosive, I would say, parts of the preliminary hearing came when a newly retired FBI agent named John Grusing testified about how his job was to figure out what Barry was doing on May 9th, the day before Suzanne vanished, and May 10th, the day she was reported missing. Interesting. What okay. Agent Grusing says is that based on phone data, Barry's phone was moving sporadically around the house after 244 when he came home that day. Grusing said in the arrest affidavit that that showed that he was most likely chasing Suzanne around while she was conscious. Now, Barry yeah. turned off his phone. He put it on airplane mode from about 2.47 p.m. until about 10 p.m. that night. And Casey, whatever happened to their children? And what? how are they coping with all of this? I mean, it's got to be so horrible. The two girls have been very quiet. They haven't done any interviews. They haven't spoken on social media. They've said nothing. From what we can tell, they are very supportive of their father. And of course, they love their mother. When the last picture ever taken of her was shown in court, they started crying. Now, Casey, what happens next? Like, what are we going to expect as like next steps in this whole court proceeding? Well, they're going to resume the preliminary hearing on August 23rd. And there are two more days of the preliminary hearing. So we have no idea what could come next. But we have a feeling that more shocking and potentially explosive information is going to come out about what happened to Suzanne Morphew. That was People Crime Reporter Casey Baker. For more on the Suzanne Morphew case, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile. Disney's famous lyrics when you wish upon a star. are taking on a whole new meaning this year as the company unveils more wheelchair-friendly costumes for Halloween. This year, everyone can get in on the fun and festivities with their adaptive roleplay collection. All costumes feature stretch fabric, fitting most standard wheelchairs, and include supportive piping pieces for stability. Some sets include Star Wars, The Mandalorian, Black Panther, and Cinderella. What a lovely way to channel your inner superhero or favorite princess. See you tomorrow.